from round the corner to your street and neighbourhood. This is Paplo for Breakfast. Foodie Matt Preston's memoir, Big Mouth, is out now. He joins us today. Matt, good morning. Pablo, good morning. Now, we know you, of course, from MasterChef, but this book, uh, some amazing stories in your past. I mean, having a look through this morning, uh, incredible sort of life that you've led. We'll get into some of the good stuff, but what made you sort of decide to put pen to paper now and write the memoir? Well, I, I think there's two things. Number one, you know, I've, I've, it's kind of a bit of perspective. I've done a lot of stuff in the last four years since, since leaving MasterChef. Um, I've been in Australia exactly... 30 years, so kind of the halfway point. And also, my mum my my was diagnosed with, with onset of dementia, so I thought, gee, if I'm going to write a memoir, I need to start talking to her now. So I started talking to her and going, going through the photos and asking her questions. Um, and that, and that, that, that was a fantastic way, fantastic way of starting. And also, and also my daughter started asking questions, Pablo, mm. about, tell us about the family. And so it was like, well, you know, rather than get them all together, which is that there's never the right, right time to discuss um, never the right time to discuss family scandals. So, so it seemed like, well, okay, let, let, let's just dump it all down in a 400-page book um, and, you know, shine, shine a light on those things. Really, as much as anything, to, to kind of, I think, I think so many families have things they, they don't talk about and they're, yeah. they're embarrassed about or they're failures, all those things. And, and the power of these things when they're secrets, they're very powerful. But the moment you start talking about them, um, it, it's a real, it's a really great release. And you, I found since writing the book, I had so many friends say, wow, that really resonated, this really resonated, this happened to, to me. And, and watching that kind of the weight lift off them when they, when they talk about that stuff, it's fantastic to see. What I love about these books as well is that on TV, we see you as this fully formed, successful food critic, right? And sometimes you kind of lose the fact that life didn't start like that. You weren't always that. You, you have obviously a, a huge history growing up. You had a go at being in the army. Uh, you took a big leap of faith moving to Australia. I love that about these books because it gives so much more perspective than what we see on the screen. Well, look, I think I think we live under sometimes under this perception that you know life is a steady, steady upward, um, steady upward rise. You know, you start as a kid and you kind of go on and you you achieve stuff. And you know, but it's not like that. You know, it's a roller coaster ride, and hopefully, you know, at the end you you, you end up slightly higher than where where you started out. But but that's not really judged by your achievements. I think that's judged by 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 how your kids turn out, whether they're happy. You know that 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 I think probably is the best way you should judge people's people's success in life is is their kids they have and as 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 you get older you know increasingly that also becomes important your kids but your family become increasingly the most important part of your life rather than say say your career or your own your own personal obsessions with trying to get your golf score down to under thirty. <laughs> what I love about you is that you you're a person that loves to have a crack, right? Master Chef, Dancing with the Stars, Master Singer, Moving to Australia. Uh, you, you had a go at the Army as well. Where does that drive and motivation to just have a go at things come from? Well, look, I think and I think it's a I think it's a. It, England can be a very windy negative place, right? It was where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's going, why should I do that? Why should I do that? Why? Why? The word is why. And I noticed when I moved to Australia, people were like, why not? Why not? You know, why, why not? Okay, we're, um, we're going to go, we're, we're going to go here for, 
for, for the weekend. But that's a four-hour drive. But why not? It'll be great. We'll get there. And, and the, the drug will be fun. And, and so I think it's that, that, that I, what's the worst thing that can happen? And invariably, the worst thing that can happen is, is a word that I'm, uh, again, I think links in with this. It's this word of um, humiliation. Dancing stars are great. I'm a terrible dancer, right? You know, I'm a great on the dance or 3 a.m., 3 a.m. <laughs> couple of beers, beers up, that kind of dancer. But, but that, that counting step stuff, I'm not very good at it. But it's like, well, that, that's a bit scary. So let's do stuff that's scary. And what's the worst thing can happen? Well, it'll be humiliating. But, but I know I'm, what's the worst thing someone can say? You weren't a very good dancer. Well, I knew that already. So, so it's, not, <laughs> it's not like the judgment of others, whether they're a judge or the public, is going to happen. And the amazing thing, I think, when you, when you tend to either reveal stuff about, about failures you passed or you try something new, the actual, the actual thing you get is incredibly supportive. And I have this amazing thing of being in a supermarket. People just come up and say, good on you for giving it a go. And, and or things like, good on you for go. Now I'm taking singing lessons. I've decided to learn to play guitar. Or, you know, uh, th- there's this wonderful thing is that, is that you can be really bad at something and really enjoy it. It doesn't matter whether, you know, painting watercolors or, or playing golf, you know, that, that, that actually the joy of going from really terrible to not quite so bad, that journey for most of us, you know, is, is a really satisfying journey. We're not, we're never all going to end up being, you know, Olympic athletes or, you know, or, or playing or playing for the, the West Coast Eagles, but, but we can still have great fun running, running around with our mates, kicking the footy. Absolutely. Now, I've got a couple of foodie questions for you that I need um, yep. some advice and some answers on. Uh, last week, the other day, we were debating this. Is it ever okay to take a chip off someone's plate without asking them? Wow. You know what? I, I reckon... So, so it's, the chips aren't in a bowl in the middle of the table. No, no. They're, they're, they're not there. Yeah, they're on their I, plate. So I, say maybe their meal comes out first. You're still waiting for yours. Can you take a chip? I think you have to say, gee, those chips look good, and then you can take one. <laughs> if you just put your hand out and grab it, that, that's rude. Obviously, if the chips come on the side in a bowl with the steak, anyone, it's fair game for anyone. <laughs> if, even if it's a personal small bowl for that person, those chips are fair game. <laughs> now, another question. I, I used to live in a share house with 10 people, and uh, yep. we, used to take turns, wow. we used to take turns cooking. And <laughs> then we started critiquing each other's food and sort of giving it a rating out of 10. This lasted about a week, yep. and I think all the housemates were nearly in tears at the end of this. Uh, do you ever review your wife's meal when she serves it up? Oh, gosh, no. I'm, I, I, I've got a very strong sense of self-preservation, Pablo. <laughs> um, and, and also, and also look, I think that there's, there's, there's something there. If someone, if someone gives you, if you go to a restaurant and they pay you, you can then have, a, have an opinion about the food. But if someone, out of the generosity of their heart, decides to feed you, you, you know, the, the, it's the old manners thing. Thank you. you always say thank you. You always say it's delicious, say it's delicious, even if it's not. And, and you always sit there going, "What a nice thing someone's done for you." So you always appreciate it. So, so I, I think I think that's and especially with your mum, it gets trickier when you in that situation when say say your mum your mum makes a stroganoff and your mother-in-law makes a stroganoff, and and then your wife says which one was better, and <laughs> and your mum's there. That that's when it gets that's when it starts getting really challenging. <laughs> now I know. Uh, lastly, I know you're a you're a football madman and you love your Chelsea yep. team. I've just got to say, I'm a Tottenham man, a Tottenham supporter, and my goodness, over the weekend, what a disaster it was for us. Paolo, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, it wasn't a surprise to me because you know oh. that you know Chelsea have had had the wood over them. 
but but I've got to say you were robbed. The, the first red card wasn't a red card. Thank you. Um, I, 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 I actually, you know, and it's not, we've had such a bad season. We're not going to we're not going to challenge for any trophies, right? It's another disastrous year for Chelsea Football Club. And I've loved what Ange, Ange does. I've, you know, I've watched Ange's career. I've, I've met him a few times at Victory. He's a beautiful human. We've seen him what he's done in the in the Premier League, managing Tottenham. That, that, and I thought it was really sad that that, that his amazing run was ended by by a red card because they've been an amazing, entertaining team to watch. And when you compare the two teams, you've got, on one side you've got Chelsea, a billion pounds yeah. spent on players. On the other side, you've got an Aussie manager that no one rated, and they didn't rate him when he went to Celtic, he did really well, and they didn't rate him when he went to Spurs. You've got an Aussie manager who, who spent what? You know, he bought Madison, a few other names. He bought those players very cheap. He's lost his major superstar, you know. He's lost the absolute, absolute number one player from that club, maybe maybe ever, and and he's won. That that's a real credit to and his ability to to, to merge it to, to bring a team together. And I look at Spurs and I'm jealous that you've got Ange. I think he's amazing and what he's done is brilliant. And I would have I would have happily, even though even though Chelsea fans are not fans of you know Fremantle versus West Coast type <laughs> mentality, even though that I would have I would have actually I would have taken a loss. I would have taken a loss because when we get beaten by the likes of Brentford and you know these. These teams that really aren't as good. Um, if I can bear that, I'm going to happily watch and take the three points of Chelsea because the team's playing so well. <laughs> uh, Matt, I could talk to you forever, but I know you've got to go. Your memoir is out now. Big mouth. Grab it in bookstores today. It's an incredible story of your life journey, your ups and downs. I uh, appreciate your time today. Pablo, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. The feel-good start to your day. This is Pablo for breakfast. It's